Hey y'all, this is Grace Amber. How are y'all doing on this Sunday? It is so cold and windy here in New Bern, North Carolina. I am just uh, loving this fall weather. It's done got real cold and it's windy and the leaves is falling. It's just a beautiful thing when the seasons change, right? Um, so anyway, it's been a little while. I think I came on on uh, Monday and did a little podcast episode and I have this word that the Lord uh, gave to me and I've been working on it and normally I will handwrite my notes and then I type them up so they'll be real clear and I type out the Bible verses and have all these bookmarks and everything and try to really have it organized because my handwriting is kind of bad. <clears throat> so I'm out here at my mom's house and the printer is suddenly not working so I'm going on handwritten notes uh today so y'all stick with me but i I got a good word for you and uh hopefully it's gonna bless you today so the title for today is uh blood is thicker than water right blood is thicker than water so y'all gonna hear me turning pages it might be a little bit uh louder than normal but i'm gonna get this word out today so just stick with me hopefully it'll bless you okay so uh last week um I did a podcast episode last week, a little bit before last week. I think it was Sunday. And it was on Halloween, and I called it uh, Trick or Treat. And I was talking about, in that episode, um, about how God gave us his word as something like baseline data. And I was talking about how I gave the example of when a doctor gets a brand new patient, one of the first things that he wants to know is can I get that patient's medical records from the doctors that he's been seeing at before so I can find out uh, the progress of this patient's health, how he got to this point, and not just those things, but I want to know, the doctor wants to know, what is this patient's baseline data, right? And I was explaining in that podcast episode, Trick or Treat, if y'all didn't go listen to it, go back and listen to it, okay? Um, I was explaining how baseline data is basically what is normal for a patient and basically the doctor wants to know the patient's baseline data and the reason why he wants to know what's normal for that patient is so that he can tell if this patient is presenting to him deviating from what's normal so if he's coming to him today and he got what it was that i said i think i said he got high blood sugar and low blood pressure but that's always been normal for him the doctor won't be alarmed when he sees it because he knows that that's what's normal for that patient and so in that podcast episode I was talking um <clears throat> about how people dress up for Halloween and, and you know you see the cute costumes and everything and I ain't here to judge nobody for uh participating in Halloween that's between you and the Lord and who am I to judge right but the act of dressing up and choosing to be something or someone that you're not is really uh, a serious thing that we see uh, affecting and plaguing so many Christians. Uh, Every day we see it. It may not be as blatant and as open as we see on Halloween, but we see it all the time in Christians who don't know who they are and who God has made them to be. And so I was talking uh, in that podcast episode, I was telling about how God gave us his word as baseline data, and it tells us what is normal for a child of God. It tells us who we are as a child of God, how we should be as a child of God, and how we should carry ourselves as a child of God, right? 
And basically what the devil does is he does his best to present us as children of God with all these wonderful options of all the things that we can be. Anything but being a child of God, right? And I was talking about in that podcast episode, I was saying how detrimental it is. It seems so innocent when we choose to be something else or when we adopt these identities. I'm going to be a part of this community. I'm going to be a part of this movement. This is how I'm going to be. This is how I should be. When we do that, it's dangerous when we already don't know really who we are and when we haven't mastered who we are because the danger in that being is that we adopt new identities and we choose to be different things but if we don't know who we are then these new identities uh, that we have adopted basically becomes our norm and so God gave us his word as baseline data to tell us what is normal for us that even if we get lost along the way even if we get caught up in this role and in that role he gives us his word as baseline data basically to show us where we are going wrong and where we are deviating and not just where we're going wrong and where we're deviating but how to get back on track right and i was talking about how the devil wants you to choose to be anything but a child of God because if you don't choose to be and you don't claim to be a child of God you won't see yourself as a child of God right And if you don't see yourself as a child of God, you won't act like a child of God. If you don't act like a child of God, you ain't even going to believe you're a child of God. And if you can uh, not believe and not see yourself as a child of God, then you won't believe that the Bible applies to you. And if you won't believe that the Bible applies to you, you won't even read the Bible. And you won't look at the Bible as the baseline data that God has given you. You won't rely on what God gave you. You will rely on any and everything else other than God's word to be baseline data and to tell you what is normal for you your life right and so it's detrimental because if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything and that's why it's important for you to know that above all else and before anything else you must know that you are a child of God so that's what I was talking about in that trick-or-treat episode so uh podcast episode if you didn't listen to it when you get done with this go back and listen to that and then listen to this one again okay um so today I want to read to you I'm talking about blood is thicker than water and I want to give you a bible verse before I get Uh, started in this thing Uh, let's start uh, Matthew the 12th chapter and I'm gonna read you the 48th and the 49th verse and I got my NIV um, Bible with me today so look in your Bibles don't just listen to me Uh, when I give you all these Bible verses don't just listen to me get your Bible and actually read it you see what I'm saying go ahead and break the habit of not reading the word and just hearing it you need to get into it for yourself it's so much in there that applies to your life it's so much in there that can help you that's one the major ways that God speaks to you is through his word and if you don't crack open this book you missing it you just totally missing the mark I mean I'm not judging you because I've been that way where I didn't read the Bible and it's been times that I read the Bible and I learned so much uh, more every time I get into the word it's always something new that I get so uh, Matthew the 12th chapter the 48th and the 49th verse and it says He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Okay. Now that's Jesus talking and and it's Jesus describing his true family. We're talking about blood is thicker than water. So I want to spin this back one more time and I want to get in this thing. I hope I don't get ahead of myself, but, uh, I'm going to try to lay it out, and I ask the Lord to use me and lay it out in a way in which you can understand, right? We're going to spend that back one more time. Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 48th and the 49th verse, and it says, He replied to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? 
pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother, my brother and my sister and my mother. Okay. So let's jump right on in this thing, right? Um, I was talking in that last podcast episode and I was just summing up and telling you that it's not good enough. You know, you need to know who you are as a child of God, but it's not good enough to just find out and understand and know who you are, but you also got to know who they are, right? So y'all saying, who is they? They are the people that's around you, right? So uh, I I titled this episode, I called it uh, Blood is Thicker Than Water, and that's a common saying that we all have heard. And when people use it, the saying is basically used to describe how family should be in comparison to non-family, Basically, the saying is basically putting out a standard of how certain people should be more loyal to you than other people, right? It's the expectation that blood is thicker than water. We have this expectation that our family should be better to us than non-family members, right? And we have all these sayings, and a lot of them, they sound real, real good. They sound so good, right? But it doesn't always apply. It doesn't always apply to everybody. You see, we were born into these families, right? And God is not going to send us down here dependent on something like people. He's not going to send us down here totally dependent on people because if that was the case then he would have put all of us in these great loving supportive ideal families right but that ain't what God did he put all of us down here in these families in these unique circumstances right and some of us have these really really loving family families like you know you'll see it at like when we were in school you see it at games where somebody you have a, a a a classmate and they playing on the basketball team and at all the games their mom and their dad and their grandparents and sisters and brothers and aunts and cousins the whole squad is at every game there to support them and then you have other classmates who at the games the only person who comes is like their grandma and their grandfather right and then you have some classmates who played on the team and nobody showed up for them right and so that is the reality for a lot of people everybody's family situation is different and it's ideal and we would love to come down here and get in these families right these really really loving loving supportive families that's what we would all love to have but the reality is we all didn't come down here in them kind of families right all of us don't have that picture perfect supportive uh loving family all of us don't come from a family where blood is thicker than water right and the way the enemy works he requires people yeah that's right like people in order for the enemy to really get into the earth realm and really wreak havoc on people is by using other people in order for him to carry out his tactics and his schemes against you He's got to have people that he can use. And so for some of us, the people that the devil uses is our family and our loved ones, right? I'm going to give you another example about how the devil will use people uh, around you. 
Um, I remember one time as uh, I always say that I was, you know, you know, I'm a preacher's daughter and I was brought up in the church. So I didn't come into the world confused about the way uh, my family, they they laid that out there. Now, they gave it to me, my mama and my daddy and, and my bloodline. They laid it out for me from birth that God is the way. So I always knew right from wrong. And I always knew right that that God was the way. But there was this time that I was in this relationship recently within the last couple of years. And, and sometimes we get in these lifestyles and we'll get in these relationships, you know, we shack up and we lay up, but we know that in our heart that God is the way. And so if we really have a relationship with God, we are not going to be able to thrive in those sinful uh, relationships. It just ain't going to work because we're not cut from that kind of cloth, right? And God is not going to allow us to thrive and have peace and success and happiness and situations and, and environments that are contrary to his kingdom and what he has for us, right? So I'll, I'll give you an example. I was in this relationship with this guy and we were shacking up and we were living together. And as I was growing in my relationship with God, a lot of the things that I started off doing, I no longer wanted to do, right? So this guy always had some stuff with him and we all got stuff with us, you know, and he wasn't perfect, but he treated me pretty good. You know, I, I, I say that he would, he has tre treated me pretty good in the beginning. Right. I'm, I'm going to say that. Right. But as I started growing and as I started elevating in my relationship with God, the things that I started off doing, I didn't want to do anymore. Right. And so I'm in this relationship with somebody and I'm living with somebody and I'm shacked up with somebody. Right. And I come to him and I tell him that, look, I really don't want to keep living like this. Right. And I start pointing out some of the things that I want to do different. But here's the problem. When you want to change and you want to do better and live better in God's eyesight and you're yoked with somebody who don't feel the same way. That's why the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. Somebody who doesn't have the same priorities and principles and they ain't cut from the same thing that you're cut from. You're going to be pulling and going one way and they're going to be pulling you back, right? They don't want you to change because if you change, you will no longer be able to stay in that role that you are currently in with them. And so as I said that I wanted to change and start living better, the treatment started changing. He started treating me better, like bad. He started treating me worse, right? So it go from treating me good and spoiling me into now I want to do better and the devil get in him and he start putting his hands on me and tearing me down with his words and, and everything that I'm trying to do right. He coming and he trying to make it wrong for me, right? And that's what I'm trying to say. I'm giving you this example of how the devil will get into people around you and how it's necessary for him to access you and he's required to have people to do it. And so sometimes our family and the people that we're in these relationships with, sometimes those are the people that the devil will get in and use to distract you and hinder you and pull you back and keep you from elevating and growing and doing better and living better and stepping into your new life and your new identity, right? Okay. And so that's why the devil does all he can to make you hate being alone and by yourself. I'm telling y'all, that's a sermon in itself. And one day when the Lord give it to me to talk about, it, I'm going to talk about that thing 
about how beautiful it is to be by yourself and be alone. But the devil don't want you to feel that way because he know if you get alone and you get rid of the, the distractions and you get away from these people, then who can he use? Right. Okay. So let's get back to the saying, they say blood is thicker than water. It don't just apply to friends and boyfriends and girlfriends. This saying also applies to family and your loved ones. That's what they're talking about when they say blood is thicker than water, right? And sometimes it's so hurtful when you know that blood should be thicker than water. But it's your blood, your mama and your daddy. Your blood, your cousins, and your aunties, and your uncles, and your grandma, and your granddaddy. Sometimes it's these people that cause you the most damage and hurt. And you know why these are the ones that the devil get into to get to you. You know why it hurts so bad when they do these things. It's because you love them from your heart. And Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it and comes from that, right? Okay. So let's keep building on this thing, right? Okay, so when we talk about family, we talk about the circle of people that we were born into, right? The people who we have the same blood running through our veins, them people. The people that you're supposed to be able to trust, the people who you're supposed to be able to depend on, family, the people who are supposed to protect us, family, the people who are supposed to support us, family, the people who are supposed to have our back, Family, the people who are supposed to be there through thick and thin. That's what we're talking about when we talk about family and blood is thicker than water. That, that kind of family blood relationship, right? But all too often we get set up for massive, devastating disappointment over and over and over again when we have such high hopes for people, right? Because God's word has told us over and over and over again that you can't depend on people to take the place of God because that place in your life, only God can feel it. Them shoes, they too big for any human to wear. And so we get so disappointed, so disappointed when we look to our blood and to our family to be thicker than water and non-family. We get disappointed. When our mama leave us. We get disappointed when your mama treats you worse than the other siblings. We get disappointed when our dad has a favorite and it ain't us, right? We get disappointed when we got these uncles and we look into them and we love them. And they the ones that when we was little girls, they was the ones that molested us and got us all over there by ourselves so that they could have their way with a little girl and out of all little girls they chose for it to be their niece or you know their nephew or this is the kind of stuff that go on when we talk about blood is thicker than water you fooling yourself when you're talking about family and blood being thicker than water because blood is people that we talk about when we say that and when you're dealing with people people can always get screwed up and the devil can always get in these people so we set ourselves up for disappointment right okay and some of us have been done so wrong by our families that we have adopted the identity of being their victim right we have adopted the identity of the little girl that her mom and her daddy didn't want 
we have adopted the identity of the little girl that they call fast, but really they just turned a blind eye to all the little cousins that was messing with her and doing all kind of stuff, right? We, we just step into these identities and we get lost in these identities of being the unwanted child, the black sheep of the family. These identities that come along with our role in these earthly families, right? And God is saying that there will always be wicked people in this world and you will always encounter treachery one way or another, whether it be friends or family. But God wants us to get to a point where we can understand that, yes, they did you wrong. Yes, they victimized us. Yes, they did all these things to us. But guess what? If you get in that word, it will also tell you that they victimized Jesus. So if they victimized Jesus, why in the devil you think they ain't going to victimize you? Why you think if Jesus came down here in a family and in a, 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 a place and in a community that would later reject him, if that was going to happen to Jesus, what make you think that it wasn't going to happen to you? But you don't know these things unless you get in the word. Right. And so God is trying to get his children to get beyond what has happened in their blood and in their family and to get beyond this uh, fairytale thinking that blood is thicker than water because you got it all messed up. God is saying, yeah, blood is thicker than water, but your family is your water and he is your blood. Right. God is saying that that mama that left you, so what? That daddy that rejected you, so what? Them cousins that molested you, so what? Them siblings that violated you and did all them things to you behind closed doors, so what? They did it, but so what? There are nobodies in the grand scheme of things. God said, do you know who you are? Do you know who your real family is and do you know who they are? Right? God said, do you not know that you already got the best family in the world? And it ain't these people who you were born into. This family and this, this circle, they ain't the best family in the world that God got for you. God said he got a whole kingdom family. Do you not know who you are? Do you not know that you have the best daddy in the world? No, you don't. You can't see it. And the reason why you can't see it, because your heart. And your soul and your mind is so wrapped up in being the victim of your family and your loved ones that your heart has become full of bitter bitterness and full of hate and full of anger. Right. And I love that Bible verse that says that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. But so long as you wrapped up into what your family did and your loved ones did. So long as you wrapped up into this fairy tale of family and blood is thicker than water. So long as you wrapped up into this fairy tale, your heart going to always be bitter and full of hatred. And so long as your heart is nasty and so long as you hurt and nasty and scarred on the inside, your heart will not be pure. And so long as your heart is not pure, that is so long that you will not see God, right? And basically so much stuff has happened to so many of us. I am one of them. That's why I'm here. That's how I got to this point from some of the same stuff that I talk about in these podcast episodes. That's how I got to this point. And at one point in time, I couldn't see it. And I've been at the point where you can't see how you can ever, you can ever have a pure heart when you've been done so wrong by so many people that you love and you care about in your family, right? And your circle and the people that's supposed to support you. You can't see how your heart could ever be pure again after what has happened to you. But I came to tell you today that your heart can become pure again after all that has happened to you and all the things that you've been through, Right. Your heart can become pure again. How do I know? Because my heart done became pure again after all that has happened to me. I'm a living witness. Honest to goodness, I don't have no hatred for nobody. 
I don't have no hatred for the dudes that I used to fight with and people who know me. They know about these relationships that I done been in. You know, sometimes I might talk about domestic violence and domestic abuse. You know, sometimes people use the term as survivor, but domestic abuse don't always mean that you just lay down and let somebody beat on you. Domestic abuse and domestic violence also means when you scrap it out too, right? And I done been in these relationships where I done had my hair pulled out. Come on, straight from the scalp, right? I done been in these relationships where I didn't have broken blood vessels in my eyes. And my house looked like a first 48 scene. Blood everywhere. Blood shed. Car cut up. Come on now. He stabbed me. I stabbed him. Uh, uh, he cut me. I cut him. Blood shed everywhere. Let me tell you, I done been there, right? I done been in them things in my adult life, not even including the things that I've been in in my childhood, right? And so when I tell you that your heart can become pure again, I'm not telling you something that I just read in the word. I'm telling you something that I'm experiencing living every day for myself. You see what I'm saying? And so you can't see. When you're in this mess, you can't see how your heart can ever become pure again. But I came to tell you that your heart can become pure again after all the hell and all the stuff you done been through. Your heart can become pure again, but it's only when you put people and things in their proper perspective and places, right? So I want to discuss with you, right? I want to discuss uh, uh, three stories real quick. I'm going to read you three different passages and scriptures out of the Bible. And I want to talk to you about how Jesus, when he came down here on earth, how he related to his fam- his family, right? And how the place that he was born in, right? How those people, the people that he grew up around, how they related to him. So I want to read you these three different passages and scriptures real quick about how Jesus related to his family and how his hometown and his home environment related to him. All right. So uh, turn in your Bibles uh, with me to Luke. I got to find it too. So so get your Bibles, right? Pull up the app while you're listening. Um, Luke, the second chapter and the 41st through the 49th verses i'm gonna read it to you let me find it real quick y'all just stick with me i'm in the car but i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna give you this word i don't care if i got to flip a million pages right luke the second chapter and it's the 41st through the 49th verse here we go and again i'm reading from the niv version and it tells this story right here we go every year his parents and they talking about jesus Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. That sounds like home alone, right? (laughs) Then... They began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. They're talking about Jesus now. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And in the 49th verse, it says that Jesus replied, why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? All right. So basically, it's this story about how Jesus went with his mom and his daddy, right? 
to this event and this occasion and he intentionally stayed behind from them and when they found realized that he was not with them they went crazy and they went back searching for him and when they found him jesus was over there chilling he learning about the lord and and, and learning and asking questions and trying to teach and he flowing in his gift and in his purpose his divine purpose now he flowing in his blood and his mom and his daddy said, why you treat us like this? You know that we were and we looking for you. And Jesus said, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? <laughs> okay, that's step number one. That's that first story I was telling you about. Now I want to go to step number two. Let's go to Matthew, right? Matthew, the 12th chapter. And I want to read to you the 46th through the 5th verse. Just stick with me. Turn to Matthew, the 12th chapter. And I'm going to read to you the 46th through the 50th verse. Matthew, the 12th chapter, all right, and I'm looking forward to 46 through the 5th verse. Here we go. And it says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he, talking about Jesus now, he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Remember, I just read y'all that verse when we first started out. I want y'all to see how Jesus is relating to his family, right? Because Jesus is the example that God sent down here for us. And he got this word and everybody, you know, have recorded. They have recorded what Jesus did when he was down here on earth. And so God sent us him as an example. And so look how Jesus related to his mom, excuse me, his mom and his dad, right? And let's go to step three. I told you I wanted to tell you three stories. So I wanted to tell you how Jesus related to his mother and his father. But I also wanted to tell you about how Jesus, his hometown and his neighborhood where he was from, how they related to him. Okay, this is the last one I want y'all to turn to. Turn back to Luke, right? And I want you to go to the fourth chapter. And I'm going to read to you. It's a couple of verses, a few of them that I want to read to you. But turn to it and I want you to stay with me, okay? Go to Luke, the fourth chapter, and the 14th through the 30th verse, right? Just stick with me. Okay, Luke, the fourth chapter, the 14th through the 30th verse. Bam. Here we go. All right. Luke, the fourth chapter, the 14th and the 30th verse through the 30th verse. And it reads, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it, where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilling, fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Now, listen, listen what they say in his hometown. Now, listen. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. <laughs> 
Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there, were, uh, there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue, his hometown now, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Right. So you see how people treated him in his hometown. You see how Jesus related to the people that he was born into his family, his blood. You see how he related to his blood and you see how his hometown and the people who were familiar with him, how they related to him. And since he came as an example to show us how to live and maneuver down here on earth, just like he did. Then how do you think that we should relate to the people in our hometown? Right. How do you think they going to treat us? How should you expect for people in your hometown to treat you? And how should you uh, see the people in your bloodline and your family? Right. See, Jesus came as the son of man. He came in the flesh into a family just like we did. But he knew who he was. He knew that blood is thicker than water. But the blood that we talking about, blood like earthly family, no. Jesus knew that blood, his blood, his heavenly father, his, the blood of his heavenly father was thicker than the blood of these people down here on earth. So when we say blood is thicker than water, really the people that we're down here with on earth that we call in our blood, that's really the water. And the blood that we should be talking about when we say that blood is thicker than water, that should be the blood of our heavenly father, right? See, Jesus knew that his heavenly father, who his heavenly father was, and that his blood, that blood is thicker than water, right? And Jesus came down here in a family just like we did, right? But he didn't get blindsided and distracted by his relationships with these people. He understood that he was not to be down here rocking with anybody harder than God. I'm going to say that again. Jesus understood that, yes, this is my hometown. Yes, this is my family. Yes, that's my mama. I'm going to honor her and respect her like you told me to do, Lord. Yes, these are my brothers. Yes, these are my cousins. Yes, these are my blood relatives, right? But I shouldn't rock with none of them more then I rock with my heavenly father, right? He understood, right? Because anybody other than his heavenly father, he understood that they're just like water. Just like water. These people out here that we are connected to, our family and some of our loved ones, they're just like water. You can find water any and everywhere. And these people that we are connected to, many of them are no more valuable than water. They're just like water. And as fast as you drink water, as fast as you drink water, you pee it right back out. Some of these people are just like water. These people are just like water. As fast as you get them in is as fast as they leave. All you need is a little bit of money and you can go anywhere. Turn left. You can turn right. You can look up and you can look down. As long as you got money, you can go buy some water. Right. And Jesus understood these people and these people in his family, and his blood. 
he understood that his earthly blood was really no more than water. Okay? And Jesus understood that blood is thicker than water, right? And God sent us all down here in these earthly bodies and he created us, right? And he made us with everything that we needed to thrive and survive. He gave us these bodies that need both water. Our bodies need water, but not only do they need water, they need blood too, right? And yes, we need water to live. But here's the funny thing about water. We need water to live, but if we don't put it in, we won't get it, right? And since we know that God sent us here with everything that we need to thrive and survive what we need more than anything else, we need our blood. When we lose water, if we don't replenish it, if we don't go out here and find it and put it in our body, we won't have it. And if we don't have it, we'll die, right? But God sent us down here equipped with blood. He sent us down here with these bodies that regenerate blood. So if we lose a little bit of blood and we healthy, our bodies kick into action and we start regenerating more blood. Why? Because blood is thicker than water, right? Okay. And so God says, so long as you got his blood running through your veins, you'll get your portion. Yes, your blood family did you wrong. Shame on them. And they will get, they will get their portion. But so long as you got God's blood running through your veins, you're going to get your portion too. Long as you got his blood running through your veins, you will always be his beneficiary, right? Long as you got his blood running through your veins, he will always give you what you need. And can't no devil in hell stop you from arriving to your destination. And not only will you arrive, you're going to arrive right on time, right? So some of your family, they might have thrown you away, but you are redeemed and you bought with a price. Why? Because your blood is thicker than water, right? Your family don't have to like you. They don't have to claim you. But you got divine favor. Why? Because your blood is thicker than that water. Right? God said he is your mama. He is your daddy. He is your family. He is your everything. Why? Because blood is thicker than water. And you need to know this. You need to know that your blood is thicker than water and his blood is enough. Come on now. Did y'all get that? He said you need to know that his blood is thicker than water. It don't matter if your family love you. It don't matter if you're not your mama's favorite. It don't matter if your family kick you to the side. It don't matter if your family is the one that's putting the foot, the, putting the stuff in front of you so that you can't make it. They the ones that's putting the stumbling box blocks in your path. He said it don't matter so long as you got his blood running through your veins. Blood is thicker than water and it won't amount to nothing. Say they nothing in the grand scheme of things. Somebody say nothing. Come on. Somebody say blood is thicker than water. Okay. And I love this Bible verse. It's this Bible verse and it said that it's in uh, Proverbs. I can't, I can't call it right to the top of my head, but it says God is a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. And it said that God in his holy dwelling, he sets the lonely in families. I mean, God is everything and he needs you to get beyond being the victim of these people in your hometown and being the victim of these people in your families and what they did to you. You ain't they victim. God said blood is thicker than water. And so long as you got his blood running through your veins, you're going to come out on top. Okay. That's all I had to give y'all today. Honest to goodness. Why well, I gave you that from the heart. I love y'all. I am Grace Amber. And I want you to know that this thing that I told y'all today, I ain't just telling you because I read it in the Bible. I'm walking in that thing right now. It's real. It's real as a dollar bill, baby. I ain't telling you what I read, just what I read. I'm telling you what I know. Okay, blood is thicker than water. Everything your family did to you, everything these people did to you along the way, God said they nothing. And in the grand scheme of things, they're nobody. Say they don't even matter. They just like water. God said his blood is thicker than your water. That's straight up facts. Boy, if y'all don't get nothing else, God said his blood is thicker than your water. All these people around here, they ain't nothing but water. 
water as quick as it go down the toilet. Water, God said, blood is thicker than water. And as long as you got his blood running through your veins, he said, you're going to be all right. You know why? Because blood is thicker than water. You're going to arrive to your promised land. You're going to arrive to your destination. All the stuff that your family and your blood did to you. He said, you're going to arrive. As long as you got his blood going through your veins. He said, not only are you going to arrive, but you're going to arrive. And you're going to arrive not late, but you're going to arrive on time. Right on time to where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to get there. Okay, I love y'all. I am Grace Amber. I hope y'all got something from this today. If y'all didn't listen to the last podcast episode I did, Trick or Treat, I want y'all to go back and listen to that. And then listen to this again and ponder on this thing and marinate in this thing and really get to see that these people around you and the things that they have done along the way, they don't stop nothing. They don't stop your shine. As long as you got God's blood going through your veins and you know who you are, you're going to arrive on time. And that's a promise and a guarantee. I love y'all. Go to my website, www.iamgraceamber.com. Go read my blog post. You can find all of my podcast episodes there. Connect with me on Facebook. Connect with me on Instagram. I am Grace Amber. I TikTok uh, a few times during the week. Sometimes the Lord will give me little things to get out. And it's not enough for a podcast episode, but I can go get that thing out in about a good five minutes. So go add me on TikTok. Just search for I am Grace Amber um, on TikTok as well. You can find me there. Um, Download the Stripe Life app. I always tell you to download the Stripe Life app because every day is going to be an encouraging word for you there in some way, shape, or form. You're always going to find something that's going to help you get along through your day while you're down here on this Christian journey. So go download the Stripe Life app. Uh, Stripe Life is spelled S-T-R-I-P-E-L-Y-F-E. Go download the app and uh, nourish your soul and feed your mind every single day with something that's good for you. I love y'all. I hope y'all have a blessed week. I really do love y'all. And I thank y'all for listening because I can see, I can't see who you are, but I can see when you listen. So I'm so thankful that you're getting something from what I do. And I'm thank you. I thank you so much. And I'm so thankful for you showing your time and listening uh, to my podcast because it does me good. And hopefully I'm doing you good. And you know what they say, teamwork, make the dream work. So uh, you show your time and I show my time too. And for long, we're going to start seeing some harvest, right? I love y'all. Have a wonderful day. Stay warm out here, and I will talk to y'all again soon. I love y'all. Peace.